Welcome to My Empower Project with your host, Erin Rowe. We will discuss nutrition, fitness, becoming your own boss, and just becoming better every day. I invite you to join My Empower Project as we embark, embrace, encompass, and enlighten. This is a continuation. I recommend you go back to listen to part one where the Glam Bell discusses breast implant illness. Here in part two, Brandy is going to share some social media tactics, also her work and her work-life balance. There may also be a part three uncut, so enjoy. I don't want to diminish the seriousness of breast implant illness. Thank you for sharing your story. I know it will help other women make the choice. Should they take medicine the rest of their life? Should they believe their doctor? Or should they really consider the cause of the symptoms they're having at such a young age? And for a young mother like yourself, that had to be hard. I'm so glad you're feeling better. Oh, thank you so much. You have a beauty channel on YouTube. I know you had some fun invitations. Can you tell me about some maybe sponsorship things or how you got invited into things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I started my YouTube channel, I guess it's been probably like four years ago, maybe a little bit longer. When I started, I had no intentions of making a business out of it. I just started because I had several people telling me I should make videos because I just always had a passion for hair and makeup. I actually went to beauty school when I was in high school and I dropped out. So I always joke and say I'm a beauty school dropout because <laughs> I really was. But I've always, always had a passion for hair and makeup. I love it. I love everything in the beauty industry, anything that can boost people's confidence and make them feel a little better about themselves and just the transforming power behind makeup has always intrigued me. I started my channel just to kind of share my own tips and tricks. I just thought it would be fun. Well, I wasn't consistent at all initially because I had to learn how to do everything. I didn't even know how to film myself. I didn't know that there was a recording option on a camera. That was like big news to me. <laughs> I literally started at the bottom and had to learn everything. Took a lot of time, plus I was working full time. I had three kids, a husband involved in church. So in my spare time, which was very little, I tried to just pour into learning how to actually run a channel and how to film and how to set up lighting and all of those things. When I initially started, it was just like, I loved makeup. That's what I thought I was going to share. And then I quickly realized that my hair was the topic of discussion in the comment section of all of my videos. And I thought, why do people keep commenting about my hair? I've painted my hair my whole life. I've struggled with having curly hair. It's just been a pain in my neck. Light bulb moment happened and I thought, this could be my niche. This is what people obviously are coming to my channel to see is what I do with my hair, not how I do my makeup. I started to film hair tutorials, started to really dive into the curly hair world, how to manage curly hair, how to really care for curly hair and all those kind of things. That's when I saw my channel grow. Companies started to notice me and reach out to me and want to partner with me on different videos and things, sponsorships. I really started to 
just realized that this could really be something. I'd say probably the first big, big thing that happened was I connected with Diva Curl, which is a huge curly hair brand that can be found in so many stores now, but it used to be Ulta was the big store. Now you can find them pretty much everywhere. But they had reached out to me and started sending me products. That is really when I started to fall in love with my hair. And that was, I'd say three years ago that I first started using their products. I just, I fell in love with that brand and with just curly hair in general. And so I connected with them and they ended up inviting me on a influencer trip to New York for a launch of one of their new products. And it was such a surreal experience. I had watched YouTube and I had followed certain influencers and seen them go on these trips and things. And it just seemed like so far-fetched, like that will definitely never be me, but it's cool to watch them really have that kind of success. It was so surreal. And I got to meet a lot of the biggest curly hair influencers on YouTube, connect with them on a personal level, become friends. There's so many amazing people that are on that platform. Platform. And so you just create these friendships. It's really, really neat. So Diva Curl was my first big influencer trip, I guess you could say. Then a really, really cool thing that happened was last November, I guess, when I was working with Influencer. And if you don't know what that is, it's a company that will send you products to give your honest review on. And they kind of look at your social media and your following to see what your followers will like, what they want to see from you. Well, mine, they knew that my followers liked hair stuff. So they sent me a mystery product in the mail and basically said, will you post a little video using this mystery product and give your honest review and opinion of it? I knew it was a hair mask, but had no idea who the brand was or anything. So I was like, sure, you know, that sounds like fun. And it's interesting since I had no idea what I was even using, right? I used it, followed the directions that they give you. They give you this little paper with one, two, three, but it doesn't tell you anything else outside of that. Posted the video. Well, Influencer reached out to me and basically said they love the video, the brand behind the mystery product, loved the video and they wanted to use it for their social media. Would I give them permission? Absolutely. I was excited about that. I'm like, still don't know what I use, but sure, you can use the video. It was probably a few days, maybe a week after that. I got another email from Influencer that said, we're really excited to tell you that the mystery brand wants to use you in their upcoming commercial. I was like, okay, that's cool. Still didn't know what the brand was. And then it says, if you haven't figured out the brand yet, it's L'Oreal. My jaw dropped like to the floor. I thought, is this a joke? I read through the email probably 10 times, honestly. <laughs> Because it says, if you haven't figured it out, the brand is L'Oreal. Please don't share this with anybody because it isn't public yet, but they want to fly you to New York on such and such dates to film for their commercial. I'm like, what? Are you sure? Like, did you get the right person? It was just bizarre. And of course, I was so excited. They messaged me back and said, from here on out, you'll be in contact with L'Oreal and not through us. That was just really, really weird. So I started getting emails from the reps from L'Oreal to set everything up. Flew out in December of all times. It was so cool because I got to fly out beginning of December to New York. Had never been to New York during the Christmas season, the holiday season. So I was so excited to be 
able to see the lights and Rockefeller Center and everything. But obviously, the big, big thing was to actually shoot with L'Oreal. That was so weird and amazing all in one. My oldest daughter came with me because I didn't want to go by myself. She came with me. I really wanted her to kind of experience the whole thing. I mean, to have those memories. It was just so neat having her there to kind of witness all of it. And just to walk in to the filming studio and have the people that work for L'Oreal come up to me and know my name and thank me so much for posting a video and telling me, if you post anything, please tag L'Oreal. I'm just like, what? This is so weird it's so weird and I think there was like four hold on maybe it was only three I think it was three influencers that were there to film like different products and mine was their hair mask that I had used the rest of the people that were there to film were models or actresses actress slash model who had auditioned and gone through like four to five cuts to make it on this commercial. They didn't know that there were several influencers. They thought we were all, you know, models, actors. So they were like talking about the process. They were like, I've never been through such a rigorous process to land a commercial. And I'm like, what? It was just so, so crazy to have that opportunity and definitely something that I will never forget. Amazing, Brandy. And I think our beauty influence and also Beachbody, we both are Beachbody coaches. Yes. We both just help lift women up and even though people take it the wrong way like oh you're selling me something it's something that helps you feel better and so better to spread the word of feeling better you want to talk about if you had to overcome any fears whether you talk about beach body if you're fearful of the reaction or when you put videos out how do you overcome that because i feel like if you didn't you wouldn't have reached all the women that you did which led to the platform of informing them of the breast implant illness so how would you help suggest to somebody to overcome things that could be hindering them it's really scary i get it I was one of those people and i still if i have like a speaking engagement if i have to be in front of a crowd like staring at me it completely freaks me out. I was one of those people that I would rather die than do any public speaking. It was debilitating fear. And honestly, I feel like being on YouTube has helped me a lot with that. Just become more comfortable with who I am. Because with YouTube, it's all about being yourself. Because if you're not authentic on YouTube, if you're trying to copy someone or be like someone else, they can see right through it. And you're not going to have an audience that's going to keep coming back. They want to know who you are. They want your goofy personality to come through and you know all your quirkiness and all of that. So I feel like YouTube really helped me embrace just being who I am on any platform in front of any audience. I don't have to pretend like I'm one person when I'm in front of this audience and then I can be myself when I'm in front of this. No, I'm just going to be 100% myself all the time. And with Beachbody, that was something that I learned as well very early on was be authentically you because if you're not your audience can see right through it and nobody wants to follow someone fake they want to follow someone who's authentic to get over the fear I honestly feel like it's like you just have to face it and I know that's cliche but you just have to face that fear if you have something that you're scared to post or a video that you're scared to put out there you just have to do it and it's almost like once you do it one time and kind of whew, get it out of your system 
it gets easier every single time. You hear people talk about it, the public speak every single day, or pastors, my husband speaks every single week, and he'll say, I'll get on one of your videos if you'll preach on a Wednesday. And I'm like, nope, uh-uh. And he's like, why? It's like with anything. If you do it a few times, you'll get used to it, and it won't be as scary. I feel like just doing it is what gets you over that fear. And you get better and better and better. Everyone has to start somewhere. If you're starting out at anything, you're not gonna be the best at it because you're just starting out. Michael Jordan wasn't the best basketball player when he was born. <laughs> he had to work his whole life to get to that place. It doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen if you will just step out in faith and get a little uncomfortable because when you get a little uncomfortable, that's when you grow and you get better. You can impact a larger audience the more you get over that fear. Absolutely. I always say you have to get comfortable being out of your comfort zone. Yes. You're just going to stay stagnant. And actually, yeah, so Beachbody is where I started, but it did lead me to now I do some e-commerce things and I'm starting my podcast and a little bit on YouTube. I do want to ask you about social media in general, live videos, whether it's IG stories or Facebook live. I can't stress the impact that that has on just inspiring people, whether you're selling something or not. What is your advice on social media for businesses? I think if you're not on social media and you're running a business, you are missing out. Social media is the biggest and best and most effective tool that we can use for any business, honestly. And it's something that it's not going to go away. I think it's just going to be more and more and more in depth, if you will. It's not going to go away. I feel like any business that's running right now without social media, as much as they want to fight it, they're going to have to get on that bandwagon because eventually we're not going to have phone books. Eventually we're not going to have TV ads. I feel like it's all going to come from some type of social media, the advertisements and stuff. I feel like it's such an effective tool because you can not only promote your business and advertise, if you will, market, but you get to share the personal side. You get to put a face behind the name of your business. You get to put a personality behind your product or whatever it is that you're trying to sell. And that is what people connect with. That's what people connect with. That's what they love. And that's what keeps them coming back. I always say your product is what gets them the first time, but it's your personality that keeps them coming back. So I think that's really important to know that if you're running a business and you're on social media, somehow try to add in that personal touch. Cause I think that's going to be the most effective way to really grow your business and really grow your following, which obviously will grow your business. <laughs> yeah, growing your following is the other thing I was going to ask you about because if the same best friends are seeing your, your IG, how do you grow from that? Anytime you're starting on social media, really starting to build a brand or build a business on social media, you have your warm market which is your close friends and family, those who've been following you while you post pictures of your babies and your pets and your husband or whatever. But all of a sudden, they're the only ones you feel like you have to reach out to when you start building your brand. I have always found that your warm market dries up super, super quick because most of them, they know you at such a personal level that they really don't care about what you're selling or what business you have. It's almost like they're good practice. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you will. It's good to kind of test the waters and figure out what resonates with them and that sort of thing. But you have to expand to your cold market. I'm pretty sure if you watch any type of social media building or Instagram following, building, whatever, they're all going to tell you that it's better to have a tighter niche, a smaller funnel, I guess, to try to reach than to try to reach the masses. But you have to reach a cold market no matter what. So if you're like, well, I want to be able to resonate with everyone, then you're probably not going to resonate with many. But if you say, I want to resonate with people that love fitness, that are new moms, and that love makeup, then you hone that in and make that your niche market, your main customer, if you will. Then you'll start to really be able to impact that smaller group on a big, big level. So I feel like reeling in your funnel of who you're trying to attract is really helpful when it comes to social media. Consistency is huge. I always say that consistency is definitely one of the biggest things. I don't care what you're trying to build. If you're not consistent, then people are not going to constantly come back and see what you have to offer. I mean, there's so many different things, but consistency, obviously posting a lot about your niche market when it comes to sharing personal stuff anyway. And then of course, I'm sure you've probably heard of so many different personal developing books, but jab, jab, right hook, where they call it breadcrumbing. You just kind of give little breadcrumbs to your audience to attract those that relate to your story, relate to your lifestyle and that sort of thing. And then you go into, hey, I've got something that I think you would benefit from, my audience will benefit from, and here's what it is. Not just, hey, I just met you today and let me tell you what I sell. It's never a good thing. It's all about really building those personal relationships. It's crazy because YouTube and Instagram are such large social media platforms, but even with those, it's the same. You still have to build a personal relationship with your audience. I find part of my job is to make sure that I'm responding to comments and not just a quick emoji face for every comment, but I really try to take each person into consideration, each comment that is written out. I try to respond personally to that person. And I'm going to continue to do that for every single comment as long as I am physically able to do that. Obviously, once you get to a certain point, you can't answer millions of comments. But I'm going to do my best to try to connect with each person because that's important. And that's why you're successful. People can see that you're, you have the passion behind it. You care about them. Every person matters. Yes. Say you have a friend or I have a friend and they're able to get over the fear of posting and they're doing it every day and they're able to publicly speak. You and I are all about creating freedom of time for yourself and just doing something that you love every day you wake up. The next thing I get from my friends is I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I don't have time. So how do you handle it all? You have a beauty channel, children, how do you do it all? Sometimes people will ask me that and I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, God restores my time. That's the only thing that I can even remotely think of. But honestly, it is about compartmentalizing your time and using your time in the most effective way. So I'd say if you're doing like a multi-level marketing business or something like that, having something like a power hour where you can have a list of things that you need to get done and just bam, 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 10 minutes or 15 minutes to complete each thing. And once the 15 minutes is up, you move on to the next 
thing. Like don't get hung up. You just go through that list and then bam. And then you'll probably be able to accomplish more in that hour than you do off and on all throughout the day when you're trying to juggle everything all at once. When you can't really laser focus, that's super important. I'd say with everything, with Instagram, with YouTube, with multi-level marketing businesses, we all have to set that kind of schedule. I do not claim to have it all together by any means. That is definitely something that I do struggle with. My husband is way better at scheduling his time than I am. So I try to learn from him. He'll remind me, Brandy, make a list of things to get done and what's most important in your business today. Because I'll get overwhelmed very easily. And I think a lot of moms probably do when you're thinking of everyone but yourself. Your brain feels like mush, basically. You're like, I don't even know where to start. I have 20 million things to do with my business and I'm overwhelmed. When I get like that, I like throw my hands up and I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing any of it today. <laughs> and that doesn't get you very far. You have to put in the work if you want to reap the benefits. So really making sure that you set aside some time, maybe in the morning or whenever is going to be best in your schedule. Maybe it's when your baby's napping and you have that even 30 minutes or an hour that you can really laser focus on whatever it is that you are trying to do. What I used to tell my team all of the time is it's not one size fits all. It's what works for you. So if one person can do one hour in the morning, awesome. If another person that doesn't have kids, that has a little more flexibility, can do one hour in the morning, one hour in the evening, awesome. And they're working a full-time job in between. Awesome. It's all on what you're able to give. But if you want to build anything, you've got to be willing to give something. <laughs> A business is not going to build itself. It definitely takes time and it's a lot easier to pour in that time in the beginning and reap the success quicker than to be flustered and all over the place and for it to take you years and years and years to build and you feel like you're not reaping the benefits of your work. Yeah, it's understandable to get overwhelmed too. When I do an Instagram poll, what do you want to hear? Everyone's like, how do I make more time in my day? How do I find balance? <laughs> so I've been working with a team to create a calendar. It's free on my website where I've talked about the power hour you said because that's the way to get things done and yep. so many things can get in the way of that schedule but you have to stick with it so I agree yes on that and not just for your business here's what I used to do is I would have a power hour once I got my kids on the bus and all of that craziness I'd take the first hour and get in my personal development reading I would respond to messages I would make new connections and do all those things but then after that I would have another power hour of house stuff like okay I'm going to wash two loads of laundry I'm gonna clean up my kitchen I'm gonna get rid of 10 items in a room that don't need to be there and then that's it but breaking it down into smaller more attainable goals is the only way that I feel like I can accomplish it because again if I get overwhelmed I'm just like forget it I'm not doing anything <laughs> I'm just gonna crawl in the fetal position and cry <laughs> feel that way Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was going to ask you about personal development. So you mentioned Job, Job, Right Hook. Is personal development something that you use every day? Yes, it definitely is. I'm not a big reader. I've never have been, but I did really discipline myself to read. I used to give myself 10 pages, 10 pages a day. I would read 10 pages of personal de development and such a huge spirit lifter and it just helps you feel like you can really accomplish this when you're fueling your tank, when you're, you're filling your cup. But for me, I would say my 
biggest, biggest personal development is faith-based, whether it be my devotional in the morning, my prayer time, attending church, attending prayer at my church. That, to me, it goes so much further than any personal development book because I'm working on myself and I'm not putting my faith in what I can do with a business, but I'm putting my faith into the one who gave me the opportunity in the first place and allowing him to kind of lead me through all of it. So that to me has been the most important personal development aside from, of course, so many amazing books out there. I mean, I could recite a million of them now, but that to me, my faith is definitely my biggest personal development. We can work on our bodies now. Everyone's talking about working on their mind, but you have to find time to work on your soul because that's the only way you become better and just reflect and really think about how your day went and yeah, how to yes. be a person. And I'd say working on your soul, that is what gives you long-term results when it comes to personal development. The other stuff, it's all great, but it's usually temporary. It's like it goes in one ear and out the other. You use it for a week and then you're like, oh, let me pick up another book. And when you are working on the inside, it's just, it's something that you feel stronger and you feel like you can be a better version of yourself when you don't have the weight of it all being on your shoulders, but you got God there helping you along. It just, it takes a lot of pressure off, I feel. That's a good way to put it. It takes pressure off and also kind of gives you things to be grateful for and kind of like a positive mindset when every day you're like stressed and you have to do lists. It gives you like a little optimistic voice. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Without it, there's no way that I would be where I'm at doing the things that I'm doing. Absolutely no way. It's been my faith that helped me start this whole path with Beachbody and with my YouTube channel, with hair and makeup and just all of these things. Like I look back and I mean, I was in the medical field for over 20 years. I never thought that I would be where I'm at now, having the freedom that I have, working on my own schedule. I never thought that that would even be possible for me. So without my faith, I would not be doing what I'm doing. Do you have a morning routine that you stick with? Is that something like every day you try to have a ritual? I try to definitely have my devotion time in the morning. Sometimes depending on the morning and depending on what's happening with my kids, <laughs> it can get thrown off a little bit. But I've got a couple of apps that I like to use to, um, to kind of get my devotion in. Typically in the evening, will you know read a little bit of scripture before I go to bed just to kind of like decompress my mind remind myself why I'm really here and that it's not about the stress that I'm in right at that moment we all have stress every day I try to make it a daily thing I really do you have to be intentional because if you're not then it will never get done and what I've missed is I can say well ah I didn't have time to do my devotion today but then when I write down what I did with my time, I'm like, oh, I was on Instagram for one hour responding to everyone's comments. And I could have taken 10 minutes to do a devotional that would have put me in a better mindset. Probably wouldn't have wasted as much time as I did throughout the day. So I kind of have to put myself in check sometimes <laughs> and say, okay, Brandy, no, you did have time. You just didn't use your time wisely. <laughs>
That's a common thing that happens though, is when you look back, you're like, did I prioritize or did I come up with something I'd rather do? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we're all guilty of it. It happens. You can't have guilt about it. It's just like, okay, I realized that that's what I did today. I messed up. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. Try to be intentional about what you're supposed to do the following day. I have an app. I think it's called Sprinkle of Jesus. I mean, it'll send you scriptures, but it'll send you basically like faith-based quotes and almost like little reminders and it sprinkles it throughout the day and I love it because it never fails. I'll be in like a moment of distress, feeling like, oh, what, how am I going to get everything done? And then the little sprinkle thing will pop up on my phone and it has its own little sound. And it's like, I'll read it and it just hits nail on the head. And so I love that because it's a reminder throughout the day about the big picture, what really matters. Because it's so easy to just lose focus and get lost in the stressful little details of life and lose focus of the big picture. So I love that. I love having everything on my phone, but it is sometimes important for me to kind of get away from the phone and get into the actual word <laughs> so that it's like right in front of me and there's no other distractions. This is a little rabbit trail, but that's something when it comes to using your phone for your business, because I know with multi-level marketing on YouTube, Instagram, any of that social media, we're on our phones so, so much. I turn off notifications for everything, everything. The only thing that I allow notifications for is the Sprinkle of Jesus app. Obviously, if someone's calling me, but even then, if I am doing a power hour or laser focused on something, I will put it on nighttime mode so that I don't even hear the phone ring or anything. And if it's an emergency and someone calls more than once or twice in a row, then it'll ring. It's okay. If it's an emergency, then they'll call me again and it's fine, but I turn off all notifications. I don't want to see anything unless I actually go on that app. If my phone is dinging all day long, I'll never accomplish anything. So I think that's important too, because a lot of people kind of forget about that. And so when those Facebook messages come in and text messages and somebody followed you on Instagram, there's a ding for everything. How do you get anything done if you're constantly looking at your phone? <laughs> That's so true. Well, I'm so happy that you do put time into your followers and your audience and share hair, makeup, and all of your tips. So where can we find you on social media? Oh my gosh. Of course you can find me on YouTube at The Glam Bell and it's B-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Just look up The Glam Bell and you'll see my channel pop up. You can find me on Instagram, The Glam Bell. I'm Snapchat, The Glam Bell. I kept it real simple. You can pretty much find me everywhere at The Glam Bell. And on Facebook, I have a public page which to be honest, I don't really use it that that much because my personal page is public because I use it for beach body and whatnot too. So I do a lot of my social media building more so on Instagram now because I feel like that's where more of my target audience is. I'd say Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, those are probably the biggest ones. That's pretty much it, I guess. And I'm sure if there's a new social media platform that comes down the road, I'll be on there too. Right. Who knows how we'll have time for it, but we got to keep up. <laughs> I know. It's like you got to stay in the loop. This whole social media world, it's always changing and you have to stay ahead of the game. <laughs>
I invite you to tune into part three. Brandy and I just talk for a few more minutes and I just kind of ask her some things that I saw on her social media and we just get to talking. Remember to go hear part one if you missed the breast implant illness story Brandy shared and stay tuned for part three. You can comment here in these podcasts. Let me know if you like multiple part series like this. Thanks for listening. I'm so happy to have you as part of our posse and would love for you to comment with what topics you'd like to hear about next. You can find out more at myempowerproject.com. Tap that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the exciting guests and enlightenment to come. Have a fabulous day.